Amen. Amen. Are you glad you came today? Amen. Me too. Me too. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. <clears throat> if you're here today and you're a visitor, welcome. Welcome. Um, I got all kinds of disclaimers. Um, but if you're looking for a quiet little church where you can take a nap easily, this ain't the place. This is not the place. But if you're looking for a place where all of us have came from so many different backgrounds, walks, religious creeds, churches, and came together and loved Jesus, you're at the right place. Amen. You're at the right place. Amen. Amen. We don't have it all together, but we trust in the one who does. Amen. Exodus chapter 4, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. You ever felt like that? For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. The Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? He said, A rod. He said, cast it on the ground, and he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Moses fled from before it. How many people can understand that last part of that verse? And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand. This is where God challenges you. Take it by the tail. That's a plus. And put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today about using what you got. Um, Darren, since I started pastoring some years ago, God has changed my ministry. Uh, my sermons change. My, everything changes. And this morning I got up to study my sermon, and, man, God began to work on me. And I said, God, can I just be evangelistic today? And I got the okay. So God switched my sermon up. And if you're here to be encouraged, you're in the right spot. Um, God has a way of taking you, no matter how much you have, and turning it into a whole lot. You, you don't have to possess a lot. You don't have to know a lot. You don't even have to feel like you are a lot for God to use you. Um, I'll give my personal testimony. I've gave it before, but if, if you don't know me, you, uh, this is interesting because God called me to preach. I knew God called me to preach. People laid hands on me, and they would prophesy and tell me that God was going to use my words to bless many. And the problem was... I knew I was called to preach. Nobody else knew I was called to preach. And one little lady came up to me in church and she said, God has a call on your life. I said, I believe he does. She said, I recognize it. So I need you to help me. I said, what do you need? And this was before, I don't know if it's even Harper Mills now. Is it Harper Mills? Is it something else? It's something else now. Well, back then it was Heartland. And as a young man, I knew it as the old folks' home. And they, she said, I need you to come over and preach to these people in the home. Okay, I'll do that. I will do that. 
And I went and preached every Monday night. I'd go preach to the people at Heartland. Some of them liked it. Some of them I couldn't tell. And some of them wasn't happy I was there. Some of them would shake their head and just roll out. Literally, they would roll out. And I just kept preaching. And I kept preaching. I seen some interesting stuff during those days. And the younger guys at the church, they, they kind of ribbed me a little bit. And they said, here comes the pastor of Heartland. But I just kept going every Monday and preaching, and preaching, and preaching. And I didn't have a lot of insight to Scripture. God would give me something, and I'd pray from week to week. I would pray, God, give me something to say. God, give me something to say. God, make it understandable. God, make sure that they understand what I'm saying, whatever state they're in. Because I read in Scripture where the Spirit's able to do that. Where even if people are from different nationalities, that they can speak in a language that everybody understands in their own tongue. And I think that means that they can understand in their own capacity. That's how God can do it. I said, God, just make it living. God, help me. And I'd pray every week. And every week, I'd go and I'd preach. Do you remember? Tracy was expecting with Taylor. We were getting ready to leave after service. I will never forget this. The lady looked at Tracy and said, hey, 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 hey. Tracy said, yeah. She said, can you give me a lift out of here? Tracy said, no, I don't think I can do that. And Tracy is not my daughter. She's my wife. So you kid, tell them kids in the nursery to quit asking. <laughs> Raise your kids better than that, people. They come up to me and they think Tracy's my daughter, and I'm tired of it. <laughs> that lady looked at her and said, oh, you're going to have a baby? And she said, yeah. She said, how old are you, honey, about 13? I was like, what in the world? <laughs> no, she's not 13. She's of age. I'm a good man. Good man. Week after week, we would go to that place and we would preach. But man, I was praying and I said, God, send revival, send revival to our area. God, send revival, send revival. Jason, I'm 19 years old at this time. 19 years old and I'm praying, God, send revival. Let me tell you something. If you submit your life to God, he'll change your wants and your desires. And when everybody else is looking for something else, you can look for the kingdom of God. That comes from God. And I'm praying, and I'm in my little single-wide trailer, and I'm walking up and down, the, 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 everybody's gone, and I said, God, God, send revival. And I still believe God can speak to you. And he said, will you do what I ask you to do? Yes, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And as sure as we're standing here, he said, go to Rodale and preach on the side of the road. I said, God. It's rather cold outside today. And you don't, why would God ask me to do that? You say, well, that was you. You were delusional. I wouldn't make that up in my own head. I got in my truck and I drove down through across Helen and down through there and Uri and got down to Rodell and I drove through Rodell and I Kept going, and I went through Mead, and I went through Lego, and then I started coming back up the mountain. I said, I'm not doing that. These people think I'm crazy. 
There's no way I can go back there and just preach on the side of the road. Y'all know this. I know some of y'all know this, but I want you to hear this. And the words of Charles Stanley came to my ears. And he said, you can submit your life to God and see what happens. Or you cannot and wonder what would have happened if you did. I turned around halfway up Lily Brook Mountain. That was a blessing. I didn't have to finish it. I turned around. I went back down the mountain because I get car sick. I don't know about y'all, but I get car sick. And that thing, I've been so car sick. Anyway, I went back down, and I stopped at a guy's house that I knew lived there. And I said, hey, God told me to come down here and preach on the side of the road. I'm going to go set up down there and start preaching. If you know any sinners, send them down there to me. He said, for real. I said, yeah, for real. So I go down and open up my Bible to the book of Matthew, and I start preaching to absolutely nobody. I'm standing on the side of the road with a Bible in my hand. The only thing I can remember about all of that that was great for me is I had hair then. I'm standing there, and I'm talking to nobody. Well, let me ask you a question. If you was in Rodale, and you were driving down the road, and you looked over, and you seen a guy holding a Bible, talking to nobody, would you stop? One car pulled in, and then another car pulled in. And these weren't the people that he was sending my way. These were people driving by. They rolled down the window. They were smoking cigarettes, listening to me preach. My church had a smoking section. And I'm preaching the gospel. And before it was over, there was right around 13 people there on the side of the road in Rodale. All the way down the mountain, the devil talked to me. You're crazy. This ain't God. God wouldn't ask you to do this. You're going to look like an idiot. On the way back up the mountain, I didn't hear anything from that liar. As a matter of fact, I was talking to him. I said, hey, devil, where you at now? Where are you now? And I was coming through Uri, and there was a guy out shoveling snow off of his, uh, the church sidewalk. I jumped out and started helping him. I said, God's good, ain't he, brother? I know that guy thought I was Looney Tunes. Uh, he looked up, where'd this guy come from? I said, man, I hope you have a good service today. God's good. I'm going to tell you, when you submit to God, God will do something. When you, oh, you say, well, I don't have much. Uh, let me tell you what happens. Uh, when you give your little bit to God, you don't have to be in a pulpit. All you got to do is let God use you. Moses, what do you got in your hand? Uh, a stick. I got this stick. That's all God needs. That's all God needs. Listen, you have no excuse now. You say, well, I don't have a burning testimony. You have a testimony. I said, you have a testimony. Use it. What's that in your hand? Well, all I got is God saved me. That's enough. That's enough. Use it. The Bible talks about some talents that some people receive. Five, ten, one. Doesn't matter the number. What matters is, are you going to do something with what you got? Well, I only had one, and it wasn't much. Everybody else had more than me. Let me oh, man, let me tell you about a God that will multiply. Nobody would let me preach except for that sister over there. 
So I'm preaching on the side of the road. And the next week I get a phone call. Hey, God laid it on my heart to have you to come over and preach a three-night revival for me. Yeah, yeah. I started at Heartland. I went to the streets of Road Hill. Now God's putting me in a pulpit. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know what's going on. All I know is you got to be a willing vessel. You say you really believe God asked you to? Yes, because God asked name, and He said, "Go down to Jordan and dip seven times." Is there not a cleaner river? Is there not cleaner water? Why seven times? I, I'm going to tell you why. Because when God says seven, you better go seven. Because on number six, Naaman was still a leper, but through obedience, he did. Oh, one more time! I just got to dip one more time. You just got to move one more time. You got to submit one more time. You got to go down one more time. I preached that revival. Man, we had a good service. Let me tell you something about ministry and pouring yourself out. Sometimes I leave out of here and I feel delivered. Man, I really did what God asked me to do. Sometimes I leave out of here and I say, they didn't get any of that. And I stuttered a whole lot. But you know what I got to do? Keep pouring out what he gave me. Keep pouring out what he gave me. Somebody said, I don't know how you do it. How do you work like that and, and have sermons ready? Sometimes I don't know what I'm preaching until I step up here. And that's not from lack of preparing. Mike, I've studied all week and got nothing. Can anybody relate? Man, I want to hear from God. And you sit down and read the Bible. You said they shouldn't even interpreted it. Should just left it in Greek and Hebrew because I don't understand anything they're saying. And you even go to the easy, lazy versions. Get him, preacher. Bam. This version, preacher, is so much easier for you. Sorry, dog. Study the scripture. Everybody wants it easy. You even go to the easy versions. And you read the easy version. You're like, this don't make any sense either. If you don't think it makes sense, read the Message Bible, Psalms 1. <laughs> That's a mess. Did you go to Smart Mouth College and all that? It's in Scripture. Smart Mouth College. I still don't know what's going on here. You read it and it doesn't make sense. I've walked in here before. I said, God, if you don't give me something to say, we're going to have testimony service. That's just what we're going to do, and I'm going to act like it's on purpose. I don't mean when I have testimony service that I'm not ready. That's not what that means. Sometimes it may have in the past. As I'm walking up there, I think God does it just to show me. This ain't about you, boy. This is about me. It ain't about the vessel. It's about the one that's using the vessel. You know what we don't do? A musician gets up here and, man, they play. And they play skillfully. You say, man, oh, so-and-so, oh, Aaron can play that piano. Do you have any idea how much this piano costs? Anybody want to take a guess? What was it? Five, close. A little lower. <laughs> okay, no more bids. Nobody ever says, man, that rolling RD2000 sounded good today. Nobody ever says that, and it bothers me. 
Why don't we just get a Casio up here? Why are we investing like this when nobody even notices? Nobody notices the instrument. They notice the one playing the instrument. Ain't it funny, though, when God uses somebody, we look at the instrument? When God uses somebody, it ain't about the instrument. It's about the one who is behind the instrument, playing the instrument. All you got to do is say, God, use me. God, use me. Here I am, God. Send me. Well, preacher, I can't sing. Can you testify? I can't testify. Can you talk to your neighbor? I can't talk to my neighbor. Can you bake a cake and set it on their door? What can you do? What can you do? Because I got it figured out. If I can preach on the side of road at Rodell, and then God used me to preach a 14-night revival, and souls get saved, then I think if you make a cake for your neighbor, he might put you in front of dignitaries. To where you can, oh, are you listening to me? He might put you in a place where you can become more effective with what you're doing. All you got to do is submit what you got. You got to surrender what you got. Moses started arguing with God. They're not going to believe me. That's what you do. Well, I can't preach like so-and-so, and and I can't testify like so-and-so. And when I get up in front of people, I just get so nervous. Me too, people. Me too. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and let the devil lie to you and tell you that uh, somehow people got some kind of skill that's above your skill? No, they're just willing to step out and do what God asked them to do, even if they look foolish, even if they look crazy. They don't care as long as the kingdom of God is exalted and expanded and souls are saved. But I haven't been in church very long. That don't mean God can't use you. He said, I'm just going to tell you all these stories because if I read them all, we're going to be here too long and y'all going to get hungry and then some of y'all doze off. I see a couple of you, your eyes are heavy right now. Sometimes church, when I yell, it's not anointing. (laughs) Strictly because I see them. You'd be surprised what amen would do. I want you to hear this. I got up early to finish this up, get this going. He said, my husband died. He feared God. You know he feared God. But now the creditors are come to take my son. The creditors are come to take my son. What am I going to do? He said, what you got in your house? Nothing. Save. That means accept. Accept this pot of oil to you people south of Hotchkiss. Oil. Oil. Every time I say oil, people's like down here, they're like, oil. Pot of oil. That's what you got. That's all you got. That's all I got. Here's the problem the pot was a measurement. She understood how much she had. What she didn't understand is how much she really had. She understood where it topped out at. What she didn't understand was God had a plan. God had a plan for her to pour out what she had. And when she began to pour out what she had, she had more. 
See, you're looking at your situation. You're saying, this is all I got. You don't know how much you got. You have no idea how much you got. All you got to do is start pouring it out because I serve a God that can multiply. She took him in and shut the door. She said, all I got is this pot of oil. He said, go borrow vessels and don't borrow a few. Could you imagine if she heard some of these prosperity preachers of the day? I'm talking about a God that will bless you, and you'll never have to borrow again. What if she said, no, I'm blessed with my pot? He said, go borrow, and don't borrow a few. Bring them in. It's imperative. It is imperative that you get around empty people. Let me say that again. It's imperative that you get around empty people. The church has been so holy for so long that we put our nose up at people that were as lost as we were. Preach, preacher. We look across the aisle and we feel like we're vind- we feel like we're okay when we look at somebody. No, 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 sir. You go get the empty vessels. He said, "Don't get the ones that are full. We're always looking for the full ones. We're always looking for the ones that are on fire. I want to be like David. Give me an army of a bunch of misfits and let's fill them up with the oil of God and send them out to battle and show the devil that it ain't about us. It ain't about our name. It ain't about our creed. It's about the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask." or even think by the power that works in us. Well, it's just a pot. That's all I got. Go borrow some. Borrow some. And don't get a few. They brought them in, and she began to pour out what she had. When you pour yourself out, it's tough. Let me, let me tell you again, when you pour yourself out, it's tough. For years, we centered our life around church. What time does church start? Where are we preaching at tonight? What do we got to do to get there tonight? Uh, we, our whole life was centered around church. People would offer me jobs with raises. I can't take it because I can't be at church, and i got to be at church because God's called me to be there. And it was tough sometimes. They would move people up around me. They would get, they would get moved up, and I'm stuck there because I had to have this job so that I could get to church. You want to hear something cool now? I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. Now when I go to an interview, I look at him and say, I can't work Sunday and I have to be off early enough Wednesday to get to church. They say, that's fine, we'll make that happen. You know why? Because they want me to run that coal. It's even better now because they can't find no lazy, never mind. They can't, go, 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 go. It's even better now. You can about name your price now. You just look at them and say, I'm leaving. No, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. We can't find nobody. They're all sitting at home playing video games in their mom's basement. (laughs) Please don't leave, please don't leave. You'll actually work and get your hands dirty. We appreciate you. Just stay here. How early do you need to leave on Wednesday? I gotta be there. I gotta be. What are you saying? Keep pouring yourself out. Keep, and you know what God will do? He'll give you favor with men. 
Even better than that, I've called, they've called me. Hey, we need you to come to work down here. Well, you know my situation. We know your situation. We got it covered. But bam, I'm there. Why? Because you got to pour yourself out. You got to pour yourself out. I'm not. I'm not necessarily talking about being at church. I'm. Well, that's a, that's a that's a plus. But here's the issue: you come across people every day. Pour it out. Just pour it out. Freely have I received. Freely shall I give. Raise your hand, and I'm not talking about me. Raise your hand if you feel like you get good preaching in this church. Raise your hand. None of it's copyrighted. None of it's copyrighted. Take it to them. Act like it's yours. Pretend you came up with it. Who cares? Just get it in their hand. Y'all know Darren came over to my house one night and told me about sincere. Remember that? He sat down out of the blue. He said, hey, I was studying the word sincere. I said, that's cool. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) I'm messing. I liked it. He said, it comes from a Latin, was it Latin? The word sin, Sarah. All right. Sin means no, Sarah means wax. No wax. Wow. He said, so when they would make these statues, if they were sin, Sarah statues, they didn't have no fillers, no wax. They were, am I right? I remember. Yeah. Do you remember telling me this? Okay. And so, this was absolutely amazing. That was on a Sunday afternoon in my living room. And I went to work the next day, and I'm sitting running the minor, and this guy comes up and sits behind me, and he said, man, what, was the word, what does the word sincere mean? <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> comes from the Latin word sincera. I didn't give Darren an ounce of credit. That boy looked at me and said, is that real? It's real. That's real. That is real. He said, man, you're so smart. (laughs) Man, you hear something in here, go tell somebody. You hear something in here, go tell somebody. You say, man, you know what the preacher preached about? He preached about pouring out oil. I feel like I got a little bit of the spirit in me. I just want to pour it out on you. I want to lay hands on you right now, and I want to, I want to pray for you. Is that all right? I know we're in the middle of the shop, and there's grease everywhere, and uh, there's work to be done, but I want to take a second to lay my hands on you and let you know that the God who parted the Red Sea is the same God who moves uh, in 2023, and he's able. Pour it out. Pour it out. I gotta hurry, right? Come on, musicians. That don't mean anything. Because they're coming. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives, the sons of the prophet. She cried out. Then she poured out. Listen, 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 listen. She cried out, but then she poured out. Some people are still crying, and he's waiting on you to start pouring. They were in Bethany. They were at Simon the leper's house. They were sitting down to eat, and this woman walks in, and she has this box. And she opens up the box, and she begins to to pour it on him. And you know what the religious... Disciples said, this is such a waste. 
This is such a waste. This is such an expensive ointment. It's such an expensive perfume, and she's pouring it out. This is a year's wages. We could have sold this and give it to the poor. Jesus said, what is going on with y'all? This is my version. What's, what is going on? He said, why do you reason in your hearts that this was a waste? Let me tell you something right now. Every Sunday that you pour out worship on Jesus is not a waste. But if you're not pouring out, he can't pour in. Let me say that again. If you're not pouring out, he can't pour in. There are people who can testify better than you. That don't mean they're pouring out like he ordained them to pour out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Ye are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. What's the day? The the 30th? 29th? 31st, there's going to be all kinds of little, I guess. Are they doing it tomorrow night? When are they doing it? When's Beckley doing it? Tuesday night. There'll be a bunch of little goblins running around. Dressed up as witches and all kinds of stuff. Oh, Lord, here he goes. He's going to preach on Hallowed Eve. I'm going to tell you this. Some traditions, actually look this up. Some traditions say that if you surround yourself with salt, (laughs) those witches can't get through. Well, guess what? I am salt. So they can get no candy from my house. (laughs) What are you saying? I'm saying there's spirits out there. But you're the salt of the earth. But the only way you're sought and become useful is if you are poured out. Some of y'all haven't been poured out in so long that even the rice is stuck in that bottle. The moisture of this world has gotten to you. It's time to come to the altar. It's time to pray in your heart and say, God, In whatever capacity you want to use me, I want you to use me. Network evangelism. Network evangelism. Hey, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'll help you. I'll help you. If you're witnessing somebody and need a scripture, ask me. I'll try to help you. If I I don't know it, I'll know somebody that does. And if not, we'll just Google it. (laughs) It's not that hard. Why? Because this world needs us. Gary, it needs you stepping out to your customers. And Johnny, it needs you. Man, man, I appreciate Johnny, don't you? Him and Don come here and stand at the door. Some of you are so grouchy. They forget to open the door and y'all are like. I'm just kidding. I did see it a couple times. Hey, hey, get that door, man. 
What, what, Johnny, Johnny, what do you do? Man, I go to church early every day, and I greet everybody that comes in. I shake their hand. Is that, a, is that an office in the church? Door handshaker guy? If you desire the office of a door handshaker guy, you all desire the office of a good thing. I am so sorry. He informed me it's greeter deacon. Don't diminish my office. <laughs> you know what? If you, got, if you got a handshake, give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Has anybody ever shook your hand and looked at you and made you feel better? Raise your hand if that ever happened to you. Has anybody ever just smiled at you or gave you a hug and you wouldn't even expect them to hug you and they just hugged you and you're just like, I feel so much gooder now. It's just so good. It's just such a blessing. I'm so, I know it's not. I know it's not. But, hug, man, what do you got? What do you got? AJ, when those people come in the store... You ought to be the best witness that they come across every day. Man, what an opportunity you have. I work with the same people every day. So many different people. I know they repeat. I know they do. But some people come in and they're different. Jason, they're moving you around now, ain't they? Different places. Yeah. Man, different opportunity. Pour it out. Pour it out. Let me tell you what you can't be. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be no wishy-washy Christian ready to share. As we sing this song, if you need prayer, would you step out and let us pray for you? If you're empty, if you're empty, would you step out and would you come and say, I'm so empty. If you're not even empty and you're just half full, would you step out and say, God, fill my cup, fill my cup. Fill my cup. God, I want to pour it out. I want to pour it out. If that's you, would you step out of your pew? Would you come to the altar? Would you talk to him about it? God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want to send me? It's the moment. I heard you call my name out of the grip of darkness into the light. There's one, of there's grace. two, there's two. 